0: From the Detroit Free Press, in the heart of the Motor City, this is We Lived It. We Lived It is a special project produced in partnership with the Michigan History Center. We aim to help future generations understand the novel coronavirus pandemic and bring this generation together while we live it. To do so, the Free Press is collecting audio stories to aid the state's archiving of accounts from the pandemic. And from time to time, we'll share those accounts on your Alexa or Google devices, by podcast and on freep.com. We feature Michiganders from all walks of life, and this is the story of Mr. Fofo and his family.
1: Well, It's one of those things uh, when you say Detroit, you know, you, you think of uh, the Tigers, Coney Islands, and oh yeah, what's up with Mr. Fofo's? What's going on over there?
0: The smoky, sweet smell of barbecue used to waft up through a chimney and into midtown Detroit when Otis Knapp Lee's business started cooking. Inside was the sugary smell of massive five-layer cakes, three dollars for a slice that weighed a pound, and corned beef.
1: You know, to be there with all the ice cream I want, as long as he didn't catch me and my brother. <laughs> uh, you know, I used to take rides down to the bakery that he uh, uh, he used to. Uh, buy his breads from and you know they, they hey, you know they give me a loaf of bread when I get home my mother take it from me but it was like fresh onion rolls it, it was it was really good it was really great yeah
0: that's Otis Napoli's son Keith Lee Otis Lee opened a deli in the early 1970s when he was about 25 years old. He'd been raised by his grandmother after his father was incarcerated for his mom's murder, and in 1992, he told a Detroit Free Press columnist that he credited his grandmother for his pie, cake, and cookie baking, and even the color scheme in the restaurant. It was named Mr. Fofo's Deli, using the nickname for his second oldest son, Keith, who was two years old at the time. As Keith tells it now, he apparently was very excited to learn the number four.
1: <laughs> I, from what I was told, um, it was the first number I've learned. And I had a four on both hands. You know, I had, you know, just the fingers up and the thumb down. I used to say fofo on both hands fo fo-fo, fofo. So <laughs> it just caught on. Mr. Fofo. <laughs>
0: As families sometimes do, Otis Lee told the Free Press a bit of a different story. He named the deli after his son, yes, but said the nickname came from his son's reputation as a rather large baby. One thing's for sure, the place's popularity was huge.
1: Yeah, yeah he made the cake for uh, Bill Clinton's presidential inauguration, both of them. He made all the Detroit politicians, uh, Coleman Young, Dennis Archer... Um, he he was just a guy to go to, you know. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't no two two Otis Lees. It was only one, <laughs> yeah. and that was actually the slogan on the building: "The One and Only Otis Napley." And yeah, he, he pretty much lived up to that.
0: Photos from Mr. Fofo's heyday show Otis, a father of six, with a long mustache that grew down the sides of his lips, past a hint of a smile. Keith remembers sneaking out ice cream, the jam-packed store, and also, and mainly, his dad's sharp suits, alligator shoes, and sharp wit. To Keith Lee, his dad was a great life advisor. To the public, he was known for giving out thousands of free turkeys on Thanksgiving and making what's been described as the largest corned beef sandwich this side of the planet.
1: It was a delicious sandwich. You know, he, he sliced it perfectly, cooked it perfectly, um... Set on, you know, some delicious fresh baked onion roll with the Swiss cheese and coleslaw. It was, it was great. I loved it.
0: The shop closed around the time of the Great Recession and Otis Lee moved to Florida. But he returned when his son Keith Lee brought back the business in 2016. It closed again in 2019 and Otis made plans to move south once more.
1: I got a call, you know, your your father, he's been sitting sitting on the couch for about three days now, and he's not eating or anything. So first thing I could think of is, we'll call the ambulance. And then second, it was like, can you can you put him on the phone so we can talk to him? Uh, his conversation had was really um, really out of whack. You know, it was him. So, you know, I was like, "Can you call them the ambulance?" So, the ambulance came and got him. They took him over to Garden City Hospital. I really got a lot of my um, my grievance out. Like, I just started crying, and my my whole family like, "He he be all right. You know, it's 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 okay. You know, they're trying to give me hope and whatever." But it was like, this ain't right. You know, from there, it was it was it, it was bad. You know, it was he, he pretty much died after the ventilator. It didn't even take a week. You know, they they said that his, his breathing was really low, his heartbeat or whatever. And, you know, they was like, if you want to come on by, you can come by uh, now and say your last goodbye. So I was really the only one here because the rest of the family is kind of out of town. So I got a chance to at least go over there and talk to him and, and, and stroke his hair a little bit. You know, let him know I love him. And... um you know, when I left, they said his heart rate shot back up. His breathing shot back up. And I'm like, well, cool. You know, maybe you just responding, you know, to, to a loved one being there. And um, it was like the next morning he passed.
0: Otis Snapley died on April 5th of coronavirus. He was 72.
1: I mean, up to his dying day, he was like at home making a mess in the kitchen, just <laughs> baking. He loved to bake. He really did. It's a loss, you know. I just want to say, you know, do as much as you can now. You know, any any dream or high, high hopes or ideas you may have that incorporate your family, make the most of them right now.
0: We Lived It is reported and produced by Carrie Jr., Tad Davis, and me, Darcy Moran. Some details in this story come from the Free Press archives. Project materials are also supplied by the Michigan History Center with special thanks to Mark Harvey. Our executive producers are Marianne Struman and Anjanette Delgado. Our editor is Peter Batia. Everybody has their own story to share about the COVID-19 pandemic. Submit yours by leaving a three-minute telling at 313-288-0370. That's 313-288-0370. And check out Freep.com to learn more.